Welcome back to Paranormal the New Normal. This week's episode, I have a guest that I've been trying to record with all week, and I'm happy we finally got a chance to sit down and record. Yay! And I apologize to all my listeners out, all my podcast listeners out there, because this episode will be a day or two late, but I think it'll be worth it. So you'll have to wait. And you had a bonus episode this week as well on Wednesday, so no complaining. And I have a bunch more bonus episodes lined up for the next few weeks, so I'll keep you happy. But my guest today is Willow Becker of Weird Little Worlds Publishing Company. Willow, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm so excited to be here. I love paranormal stuff. It's awesome. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit a little bit about you, whatever you want to tell, tell them, and a little bit about your company that you co-founded. Oh, yeah. Um so, uh, okay, so I'm Willow, and uh, I've been um, uh, I've been publishing for the last uh, couple years. Uh, I live in Utah, and um, I grew up in a family where we pretty much uh, believed everything. Uh, my family has a really weird history. I don't know if you found this, uh, but um, there are sometimes you find um, like women who pass down strange abilities from generation to generation. And uh, my family was one of those. So my mom, my grandma, my great grandma, all have kind of these uh, extrasensory abilities, and and so those have passed down in my gender in, in my life in my line, which is really cool. So I've always thought that the like that that the the ethereal and the paranormal is really interesting, just because I've had a lot of experience with it as a, as a, like in my personal life. Um, and uh, and then I decided that I was gonna. Uh, I wanted to write, I mean, I, I'm a writer, so I want to write stories about that. That's like really my, all I write stories about. It's all I read about. And uh, <clears throat> then I decided that um, I wanted to put together an anthology of all my favorite writers. And I had a friend who was like, well, you should just start your publishing company. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I did. And, uh, and yeah, so that's what I did. And I made this great anthology last year. And it was really, really great um, called uh, Humans Are the Problem. Uh, it's a monster anthology from monster perspectives. And uh, this year we are just actually we just finished doing the slush, uh, the reading pro the process for our new anthology called Mother Tales of Love and Terror, which kind of goes along with my own kind of backstory there. Like my mom and my grandmother and my great grandmother were all kind of um, I wouldn't say witchy, which is the wrong word, but we have this kind of additional sense. So uh, sens yeah. sens sens sensitivity is what we generally call it. It's, it's right. called sensitivity and some people are blessed with it some people are cursed with it and some people don't have it at all so. right yeah and i wouldn't say that we're like i'm not like super like I don't, i'm not like super special uh but uh i do have a little bit of a sensitivity so all right so what what kind of stories can they expect to find in the books that your company puts out like what kind of horror Oh my gosh. Well, I like, I think that's what makes the, my company so fun. I think that's what Weird Little Worlds is so cool. Like we actually publish science fiction, fantasy, horror, and adventure stories. But so far we've just been focusing on horror and kind of dark fiction. Um, but the mother anthology is really exciting because uh, it's, it's, it's just really great. We just finished all the reading for it. We just chose the stories today. So uh, we did, we know the whole lineup and the anthology is so good. Um, it's just full of stories that are like 
interesting and funny and provocative and weird. And some of them are really weird. And um, I love it. It's so great. But the stories that um, that you'll find are, they're mostly pretty scary stories, but we are a PG-13 company. So like we, we try to have stories that you could read with your teenager, like that your teenager could read and you wouldn't have to feel too uncomfortable about. We like don't have a ton of bad language and, um, you know, so nothing rated R, not nothing gratuitous. We don't do a lot of that gratuitous stuff. So if that's what you're into, that's not what we do. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I mean, well, no, I mean, PG-13 is the way to go with these type of things, I believe, fully, because, I mean, yes, there's 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 plenty enough books out there for people who want to read the really gruesome stuff. Read some Stephen King if you want to read that stuff, which <laughs> I love. I love Stephen King, so I can say yeah. that. But, but I mean, PG-13 books are good because it gets the younger audience into this type of literature, and that's mm -hmm. a great thing, I believe. Yeah. I, of course, and not to cut you off, but just so you know, it's it's not young adult fiction. It is adult fiction. It just happens on a little bit it's not we're not trying to push anybody's like lines we're not trying to be we're not we're not shock horror at all that's just not what we do yeah i mean it's i mean it reminds me of books i liked when i was a kid like scary stories telling the dark and mm -hmm. that those type of anthologies that now are movies so yeah who knows maybe your books can someday be a movie that would be amazing. Um, I love, so I think what's so cool about this particular version, hi, this is my daughter, at least. Okay. Mine's, kick, mine's kicking at the door trying to get in the room with me. But, <laughs> but um, the way I think that um, uh, what's cool about this anthology is that it is adult. It is, it's literary. So a lot of this, a lot of these stories are really beautifully written. They're just really fantastically written. But our editorial sta uh, staff were kind of wanted to, <clears throat> we kind of wanted to do um, both kind of a literary and then we also wanted to um, do uh, like just have really, uh, really well, well-developed plots. So what I love about this is like when you, you typically read literary uh, horror, sometimes you can get into this position where you have like really slow stories, but these stories are all really, really fast. They're very plot driven and um, we have kind of big stories and small stories and, and from all different like all different views of what motherhood looks like and then making that um ma making those themes like really spooky and weird yeah which is amazing it really is i mean and there's so much room out there in the world for stories like this and it's just a great thing to do i i actually have been thinking about writing a book myself because i've had a couple authors on here so far and one of them, Eleanor Wagner, wrote stories about counties around her from New Jersey with real-life stories of different people in her areas telling them stories of ghost stories and Bigfoot and everything in between. So I would love to do that for my local area in Massachusetts. The other day, I was just thinking about while I was driving, I was like, I should start doing this maybe, and maybe it will be a good thing to do. I don't know, but... I think that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, like a local hauntings like stories book would be a great thing to do. I might just start looking into that soon. But what made you get into this? Like, uh, were there any experiences that were supernatural, paranormal when you were younger that made you say, like, I've seen these things. I want to write stories about them. Um. Well, I think that I I don't know. I probably everybody has. Uh, 
probably everybody has like a ghost story or two. I know when I was really young, um, I had, um, we just had really, we just, I had a really weird upbringing. I think uh, when I was really young, I was kind of forced into horror um, by my babysitters. I had a bunch of really bad babysitters who were like, <laughs> forced me to watch horror movies when I was too young and just a lot of really stuff like that. But um, I lived in a trailer when I was like four, like my daughter's age, the one that was just in and out of here. Uh, I lived in a trailer and um, we lived in this kind of weird trailer park and the guys next to us, um, they, they like killed a bear and they invited us over to take a look at it. They're like, Oh, come look at our bear. And uh, so um, my mom brought me over as a little person to see this bear. And I don't know what my mom was expecting, uh, but what there, what we saw was a bear being hung and blood coming out of its mouth. That's what we saw. Oh, that's not, um, not, not something you should show a kid. Down, no, down. I don't. I mean, my mom had no idea that that's what we were going to see, but that is what we saw. And um, it was really shortly after that, that um, I had this kind of consistent experience at night where I would hear this howling outside of my window. Like it was so terrifying. And my mom, um, insist that it was like the wind blowing against my um my uh, screen uh, on the trailer but every night i would have this like Ooh, like every night it was so scary as a four-year-old it was terrifying and um and i was convinced there were ghosts and the only way for me to like like uh like protect myself from the ghost was to um i'd tell the tell my tell the ghosts that uh that i was on their side so at night i'd be like in my bed, I'm like, don't kill me, ghosts. I love ghosts. I think ghosts are so cool. I, I it was so <laughs> weird. So, um, but as far as otherworldly experiences, I actually have had uh, have had had a number of them. Um, my uh, my my mother is uh, has this gift. She is a dreamer, and so she has dreams that come true. And so I grew up around her, um, kind of seeing her, her ability to dream things and then they would happen. Um, and, and then my grandmother would, um, also have like kind of experiences where, um, she's had, like, she's had several out-of-body experiences and so has my father actually. So I have these two lines of people who have kind of a very, a loose relationship with reality. <laughs> and so um, when I was a little bit younger than uh, quite a bit younger than I am now, um, I had an experience where I, um, I, I, I had kind of a, a possession experience and um, that was really terrifying. It was really scary to peop the people around me um, just because it was, um, Cause I, when you're inside of that experience, it doesn't feel like being scared is not what you, what I felt. What I felt was like, I was kind of on the back burner of my body, but there wasn't a lot of like, oh, I'm trapped. It was just like, oh, I feel like I'm not really doing a lot of these things. It was very weird. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, that's. Uh, those are called um there's a name for those dreams um 
there was a movie about it too, but it wasn't a good movie. But there's, oh my god, why am I forgetting this right now? Um, oh, I'm trying to think what the heck it is. Premonitions, okay. premonitions. Mm. Which I've had premonitions a bunch of times in my life as well, but premoni- my premonitions are always stupid things like just conversations I'm going to have with someone like a month down the road or mm-hmm. something happening at school or work like down the road at some point. It's never anything like amazing where it's like oh this is gonna be when aliens come or no this is when the this this is when the apocalypse is gonna be like no it's just oh you're gonna have a conversation with this kid about south park in a month (laughs) it seems like kind of a silly thing to have a premonition about Um, i I swear since i was a kid it's just every once in a while i'll get these dreams and then a month later something will happen i'll be like oh i dreamt of that okay life life goes on My mom, my mom has very distinctive dreams. She like she really is a dreamer. She has the dream uh, of things that happen that are real. Um, she so for example, uh, when I was really really young, like when I was maybe just a couple of years old, my mom had this dream, and she talked about it with my dad, and she outlined. Um, it was a very strange, strange dream where they were driving down a, a highway and on the side of the road, there were just pigs everywhere, these huge pigs. And then there was like um, corn and um, eventually, you know, um, there was the, at the end of the road, there was like a, a, a place and she knew that it was the home. It would, she knew it was home. Um, and, um, and so my she woke up and she told that to my dad and my dad said oh that's really weird that sounds kind of like a place that i grew up at and she's like oh that's weird and they kind of moved on um and then it was uh it was a long time it was like 10 years later and um my dad had just gotten a job and um they were driving to the new place that he was going to work at and they're on the you know on, on the side of the road my dad's like oh there's the pig farm and there's the, that's the cornmeal factory. And my mom's like, this is from that dream that I had. This is that dream. And my dad's like, oh yeah, you did tell me about that. That was like a really long time ago. And yeah, this is, and it was funny because it was the place where my dad grew up. Like that's where we were moving to is a place that was very much like where my dad grew up. Um, it was actually like right next to the place where my dad grew up. And that location ended up being like really important for our lives. It was a really important place for us because um, that's where my mom and dad um, became a part of um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which became our religion as a family. And then it really changed our lives. So it was really interesting. She had a dream about it, you know, 15 years before it ever happened. And then it happened and it was a really big deal for us. So it's cool. Yeah, it sounds really interesting and those premonitions are kind of similar to the ones i have where like it's just something you're going to see or something you're going to hear it doesn't hold a significant meaning which i don't think a lot of people's premonitions do hold significant meaning they may for some but it's just rare to hear that they do but unless you're already like a psychic or medium of some kind and it's just spirits trying to tell you something maybe yeah you know it's funny uh like um i i don't know i think at least in in my experience, uh, my mom has a significant ability to um, to tell the future with her dreams. It she's she's done it all like I don't know ten times. Like there's all these different dreams that are kind of a part of our family's um, kind of the bedrock of our family narrative that are all about like 
her dreaming about people, her dreaming about places, and then uh, we end up going there. The dreams end up kind of leading us to where we need to be, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, she's just got that. She's just got that gift. So that's cool. Did that gift pass on to you at all, possibly, or no? So I don't. I don't have dreams like my mom. I actually, um, because of my experience. Uh, I actually have an awful lot of nightmares. I don't, I, I have really bad nightmares. Um, and um, so I don't dream. I do, I, I, I interpret dreams, but I don't, I don't dream. I do, however, I do, however, feel like I uh, have a, I feel like I speak to people who are no longer alive. Um, interesting. So that's a thing that I, I feel like, uh, is a gift that I've been given. I don't talk about it very often and I don't tell people what I hear unless it's really important. Um, but I have a, just a sense, I have additional, I just feel like I'm kind of extra sensory anyway. And, um, so I'm really good at like, I do things like reading palms and reading people's energy and, uh, and I'm really good at that. Um, I'm really good at that stuff. So um, those are my gifts and skills. And a lot of times I'll start reading palms. I don't do it for money. I don't do anything for the, I always do it for free. I, I'm not interested in using my gifts for, for payment, but um, I'll start like somewhere. Someone will be like, oh, you, will you read my palm? And I'll read their palm. And then another person will be like, read my palm. I'll read their palm. And then like, I really can't talk about it at all. Until like, cause everybody wants me to read their palm because they're, because, because sometimes, sometimes I read someone's palm and they like start crying and they're like, I didn't even know that that was obvious. And I'm like, that's just what your hand says. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to make you sad. I'm just telling you what your hand says. And, um, it's just kind of a, once, once again, it was just like kind of a, that extrasensory skill, it really is like reading their palm, but also reading their energy and the, I don't know, I just kind of read people. That's what I do. Yeah, which, I mean, I never had my palm read, but I always been fascinated by the art of it because I just, I don't know. I mean, part of me, I think part of me is nervous to hear what people, would, what a palm reader would say to me. So, because I, I mean, I tend to be a positive person and if I don't like your negative stuff, so. If I heard some negative stuff about myself, I don't know how I'd react exactly. Well, I think that any good palm reader, at least me, I think any good palm reader tries to say the things that are good from the palm that they're reading and try to avoid the things that are scary. Um, like, for example, I was talking with a girl the other day um, and... Uh, Basically, her palm showed me that she had had, um, she has, she had a big blank spot basically um, on her lifeline. And I said, So <clears throat> it looks like you have a big blank spot on your lifeline. And she's like, Does that mean I'm going to die? And I'm like, No, it doesn't. But it does mean that there is a part of your life that maybe you, um, and because it was in the, it was in the past, actually, it was in the past of her timeline. And so I was like, It does mean that you probably have a section of your life that you, want to forget something that you would want to erase from your past, like a big chunk that was so, that was so detrimental to your health 
that maybe you almost died. You're clearly here, but you know, um, but you could, you could have somebody else read it and be like, Oh, you know, that means that you're going to have a heart attack or I don't know, your baby's going to die or something like that. And I, I try to avoid that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody wants to hear their baby's going to die. Yeah, that, no, that, that's... That stuff. And that's not the stuff that palms usually tell you anyway. Like not for me, at least when I read someone's palm, I usually can, I, it helps me show me who they are um, rather than what's going to happen. I don't like, I don't like reading the future. I don't think it's a good idea to read the future. I actually don't like personally do not think it's wise to try and read the future. So I try to read the present and I try to give people an idea of uh, what their palm says about who they are right now, which is, um, which is always valuable. Yeah. I mean, it, the future reading the whole reading the future thing is just, I believe the future is very much in flux always based on our decisions mm -hmm. and what we do. I do believe in fate, but mm -hmm. I we're afraid to do certain things in life, but I think the future is in flux always. And if you try to read it, you're going to make the future happen a certain way because you influence someone to act a certain way. Right. So, yeah, so that makes sense. I 100% agree with that. As much as I believe in the old school fates, like literally seeing in the swamp at the bottom of the world tree, cutting people's fates in like yeah. threads. But yeah. I'm old school like that. But I just, <laughs> what can I, I say? I think that fate is such a weird idea because I think that. Uh, what I what I believe in, what um, my, my I'm pretty religious, and um, my my uh, religion believes that there are items in your life that are fated to happen. Basically, it's called it's called for ordination rather than predestination. So we don't believe that your life goes like this, like in a straight line. We don't believe that. Like, but what we believe is that you have certain elements that are like things that absolutely are going to happen. They're going to happen, but it doesn't matter if you go this way or you go this way or you go this way. Like you're going to get to one of those. You're going to get to those events. They're still going to happen, but you can get to them whatever way you need to. Um, and you'll still learn what you're here to learn. Well, as Paul Rudd said in the Avengers Endgame, back to the future is bullshit then. But I, <laughs> but yeah, so I can understand that. And I definitely get that. I mean, I'm agnostic. I just, I can't hold faith in any one religion. I have to, I pull elements from all of them and kind of see what makes sense. But I've also talked to people on this podcast that have seen God, I've seen the devil. And it's just, it's, there's so, it's so hard to figure out what to believe when you hear all these stories. And it's just like, I believe most of these stories too, because they, people that are telling them seem genuine and they don't seem like they're trying to make things up. But Mm -hmm. you really don't know unless you experience things yourself and when that happens give me a sign but when it happens <laughs> when, it, when it happens it happens but so any other paranormal or supernatural experiences you want to talk about possibly well, or? yeah i think that what's really interesting is you saying you know um i don't want to like it's hard to believe that unless you get like a sign right but I'm I'm a scientific mind minded person. So mm -hmm. I, I like to see things proven in front of me. Right. Like it's, just, it's just the way I've always been. My brother's the same exact way. So, but he is a very religious Christian now, but uh, he was rebaptized and all that, but I just, I need to see something. And I don't know if he actually saw something or heard something, but mm -hmm. I, I, I need something to come to me and be like, idiot. This is what's true. Believe it. So, yeah. Well, here's what, here's what I have to say about that. I say, be careful what you wish for. 
because <clears throat> that old sign thing that can be that could be really devastating. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, like I said, like I, I had this kind of possession experience when I was younger. Um, and one of the reasons why is because I, um, I, I think that I was, uh, I'm not really sure what I was doing, but I was making a lot of decisions that weren't in my best interest. And um, I think that I was looking, I don't know if I was looking for a sign, but somebody gave me a sign and the sign was terrifying. And, um, basically you talk about people seeing God or seeing the devil. And, um, basically I saw hell and, uh, and hell's bad. <laughs> um, like hell's real bad. So, no, um, that's, that's what we're, that's what we are. We are led to believe at least. I mean, so no, I definitely no, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> what you think of as hell uh, well, whatever you think hell is, whatever you think heaven is, you need to throw it away because that's not real. Um, but what hell really is, is really, really bad. And, um, and I can describe it, but it's hard to tell somebody a thing. Um, it's hard to tell somebody a thing if they don't have a bedrock of, of knowledge beforehand, because what happens is, like there's kind of universal laws that that run the universe. One of the laws is if you are not someone of faith, you really can't actually accept. You can't accept experiences um, that that are based um, that require faith, right? So I could tell you I saw God or the devil or hell, and if you don't have at least a modicum of faith that those things exist, it doesn't really matter. Like that information is not oh. help you. Well, like I said. I'm agnostic. I'm not an atheist. So oh, yeah. I, I do have some faith that there has to be something out there besides just humans, but yeah. obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be doing a paranormal podcast. That's but, true. That's so, true. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little bit about what I saw if you want to hear, but it's really scary. And I, I highly suggest that you just, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to describe. So anytime anybody has an experience that transcends uh, kind of this reality, it's very difficult to translate into words. I am a writer, so I'll do my best. But All right. Well, before you start, let's just okay. say this. Let's give a brief second. So parents, if your kids are in the room and you want to leave the room, now is a chance for when you're listening to this in the future. Mm -hmm. That's All a right. Idea. I like that. <laughs> All right. You kicked, a little, so, you, you kicked a little Johnny out of the room now, so let's Let's go, get, in, get into this. I am dying to hear yeah. it, actually. So um, basically what happened was um, I uh, ended up with some friends and um, um, we were involved in some activities that weren't fantastic for us. Um, they so. Yeah. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, and um, what happened was my friends were doing fine. Everything was normal for them. But I started hearing voices in my ears. I started hearing voices, people talking um, inside of my head. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then as, uh, as like they're talking, kind of these, I can't hear what they're saying. I just know that they're talking. And then... 
as that happened, I had a life review, but it was really, really super fast. And it was a review of the things that I had done wrong. And not like all of like, it's not like, um, it wasn't like there was a bunch of judgment on those experiences. It just showed me all of the decisions that I had made up to the point where I was living at that moment. And it showed me the decisions and what I had chosen and why it had led me to the moment that I was in. Um, and so like, a, like a slideshow of all your not so great moments in life, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it wasn't, but like I said, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of judgment. It just, that was just what it was. I knew that that's what it was. These were the decisions I had made that showed me kind of, um, it hadn't been a long time. It just had been a couple of years of kind of making consistently negative decisions, consistently uh, decisions that were, that were dark. They were bringing darkness into my life. I had brought all this darkness into my life over and over and over again. I had brought darkness into my life. And, um, and then here I was, and I had made myself uh, vulnerable. Basically I'd made myself vulnerable um, to having darkness take, take me over. And, um, and, and so I start seeing these things and I start talking, I'm talking while I'm seeing these things. And my, my friends who I'm with are, are like, she's talking in gibberish. She's not saying words, but in my own head, I was saying words. I was saying real words. I was saying like things like, no, 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 that's not, that's not the right. Oh no, I can't believe it. Oh no, I did that thing. Oh my gosh, I did this thing. Oh no, no, no. And I'd seen, I had made all these decisions that were really, really bad and um, that were bad for my soul. Give it then my soul's protection, right? And then I was, and then I was at the edge of a pit and I wasn't there, but I was there. I was where I was there and I wasn't. I was real. I was, I was in this reality, but I was also not. And I was at the edge of a pit. It was a big pit. It was really deep. And my heels were like at the edge of the pit. Like I was about to fall in and like a push. That's all it would take is just someone just very gently nudging me. And I would, I would be in it. And I looked back. Of course, I didn't really look back. I could just feel back behind me. And at the bottom of this pit was me. But it wasn't, I wasn't there. But I could be there. And it was me. And I was alone. And I was on fire, but I wasn't on fire. It wasn't like fire like you think. It's not like fire like you think. Imagine, this is so scary, so I'm so sorry. But imagine if every single atom that makes up who you are was being sawed in half. It sounds painful. Yeah, yeah. So really painful, but also was on fire. So spot in half and on fire at the same time. And, um, and then it's incredibly cold and also incredibly, it's so cold it burns. Um, 
it was really scary. Now I saw all of this in an, in an instant, all of this happened in just seconds. This is just seconds, maybe a minute. Um, very, very fast. And, um, like I said, I, I could feel, I could kind of see what that was, that place was. And the worst part about that is that it didn't end. So that's the part. So it's, it's easy to like hear this and think that it sounds stupid and, and, and that's fine. Oh, but, not at all. Not at all. But the other, the other thing is that the endlessness of that is what's really terrifying. And you can't comprehend the endlessness of it. No one can, no one can comprehend endlessness. Not nobody here at least. And so that is the worst. And so I, I'm like, there, I got my heels on the edge of this cliff and I take a step forward and I start praying. I'm like, Jesus, please, you've got to help me. And as soon as I did that, it pulled me off. It pulled me away. I was pulled out. I was pulled away from it. Hmm. Like I was at the very, very edge. But as soon as I stepped forward and I prayed, I was, I was out and I was back in reality again. I was, I was back in the, in the moment that I was living. I was in this reality. And just, just because the next question, the next comment I'm going to have, I want this question to come out first. Mm -hmm. How long ago was this? Just out of curiosity. Oh, this is when I was uh, 19. So it was a while ago. It was like 22 years. All right. So, because I'm, I mean, I'm watching it. I've been watching it the last few days. So, I mean, that's why I can relate to this kind of, but it sounds like kind of like, being in the upside down of Stranger Things, but not exactly the same, but it kind of seems like being in the upside down of Stranger Things where you're not really in the reality, but you could see everything around it and you could see what's going on there. Yeah. So the, I think that the, the issue, what I, what I think is, here's what I think. <clears throat> what I think is um, that, that this world, as physical as it seems, is a frequency right? It's a frequency of mm, one, right? And we're all dialed down just to a frequency of one. Some people who are here have a frequency of two, or maybe like they're my mom and she has like a frequency of three, where you can kind of feel things that, that aren't physically like available, like things you can't see, things you can't hear, Maybe these are the people that, like you said, are have extrasensory skills and abilities. But I think that all of us, at some part of us, are at a frequency of 100. We belong in a different reality. We belong in a reality of spirit. And that's where we belong. We're actually down here. We've all tuned down all the way down to a one so we can have this physical experience where we're alone and we have to do things like go to the bathroom and eat and, you know, and fight with our mother-in-laws like that's what our job is here to do um so we can learn things but there's a part of us that's on a totally different frequency like it's way up at the top it's the part of us that belongs in the spirit realm it's the spirit world where there are where god lives and where angels live and where demons live and where the devil is right that's that a part of us is that part of us belongs there so 
Um, so I think that there are times when, like in my in my in my in case, I think there are times when you pop basically you pop out of the spiritual the physical realm and you dial up because something is happening on one of those other levels that's really important. And for me, I kind of dialed into a different a different reality that was a spiritual reality, but was was synonymous and at the same time happening as my physical reality. And I actually think that that's how it is all the time. I think that both the spirit and the physical are happening here right now where we are. I don't think heaven is in the sky. I don't think hell is under the ground. They're here and they just live with us, around us all the time. But, all right, so I can kind of agree with that to some point, but what do you make of ancient mythologies like ancient Greece and ancient Egypt all having like ideas of an underworld where the dead stay like, yeah, I, just want- well, I think that's, I think it's cool. I mean, I think that idea is, is interesting. I think that this ground is scary and people are scared of the earth and being buried. And so we think, well, our body goes under the ground. So our spirit must go into the ground too, but that's not really the case at all. I think that um, maybe there's a part of the spirit realm that exists simultaneously with the earth, like underneath the earth. I mean, that's possible, but I think that once again, we're talking about frequency. This is a human real, like this is a reality frequency. This is reality is a frequency. And when you're done with this reality frequency, you go back up to your spirit, your spirit frequency. And, and, and that's, that's what it is. It's always here. You always have access to it, which is why there are people who have the ability to, you know, see the future or read palms or whatever you have access to that spirit reality but um but we are in a physical reality right now and that's part of our job here on the earth is to learn in our physical reality interesting i mean it reminds me kind of well i'm a movie tv hound so excuse me if i relate to everything to movies but but it kind of reminds me of the whole star wars like becoming a force ghost type thing like Mm-hmm. Like you have to com- you have to learn to commune with the force ghost before you die. Otherwise, you won't be able to commune once you're dead. It's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that that's one of the reasons why Star Trek, uh, Star 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 Wars, Star Wars resonates so much with so many people. I think that there's actually a lot of truths there. I think that this idea of good versus evil, and that there's a force that kind of drives our motivation like i think that that force that that they talk about there i think that force is real and that it is a spiritual force that it is it's pervasive it's in everything well i mean yeah i mean it's the same thing as a lot of people can have a lot of people have telekinetic abilities telepathic abilities a lot of people have are able to read emotions without like talking to someone Mm -hmm. so I mean, yeah, that's all right related to the Force in Star Wars, and I think it is just a good an- analogy for what the real world as well. I think it's where George Lucas kind of came up with it. I think mm-hmm. he looked at the real world and he just said, "Well, people have these. People are supposed to have these abilities." I mean, Carrie, Carrie was written before Star Wars came out, so maybe he took a little bit from Stephen King in that too, with the whole te- telekinetic abilities, but. And I never, I never actually put that together till now, but that's a good idea. I may have to use that idea in the future yet again. But I mean, see, I never had any kind of interaction with any spirit until this past December when I bought my house, and 
the builders and married couple who live here previously are still living here even though they passed on a few years ago that's too bad are they and, are they bothering you or are they okay no they're okay i mean they're good people from what i could tell and they're good spirits because we had we actually had a, best, a paranormal research investigative team come in that's local in massachusetts and they did all their tests and everything and we basically found out they like to stay in the kids' rooms because they never had they never had children, so they they like to watch over the children. But, and I actually had one of them say thank you in my ear when we were asking them questions about if they like what I've done to the house since I bought it. So that was that's, that's kind of sweet, actually. It's it nice is have, it's nice when you have ghosts that are nice like that. It is, but it's also kind of freaking weird when you um have like the, the chills down your back and you start sweating at the same time before that happens. It's kind of creepy, <laughs> but it was definitely a nice thing. And I, I told that story in this podcast many times, but I, it's my one true paranormal experience besides possibly seeing UFOs. But I, I feel like everybody has seen UFOs at some point, to some degree at this day and age. But yeah, I mean, wow. The whole idea of, I mean, interdimensional hell and heaven, I like that idea too. But I feel like there has to be some kind of underworld type place where, because I don't feel like all the spirits of the dead could fit on Earth, really, and not be running. I, I feel like we'd be seeing spirits a lot more often if that was the case. I think they maybe they are kept underground and they're just like in an underworld type place. I hate, mm -hmm. calling, I hate calling it hell even because there's been so many different names for it throughout history. But yeah. I, well, in the, if they're I, kept in the underworld, maybe they, maybe they get like day passes or week passes to, to go up and take care of unfinished business or something, or to warn a relative. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I I honestly think that um, I don't think there's a lot of spirits here, just because um, I think that uh, I I honestly don't think that when you think of ghosts. It's, it's really hard. It's, this is really hard to describe because when we're talking about frequency, like if you are, uh, how do you say this? So when you're talking about frequency, some, some like on our, like, like, it's just like a radio station, you know, like if you dial up to 95.7, you hear music. If you United, you go 97.6, you hear static. Right. And so think about that. Like you're dialing up and you dial up to a one and here's all these physical people. You dial up to two and you've got like, I don't know, 200,000 spirits that are like at a level two and dial up a three. And then you've got totally different spirits at a level three. They're all living simultaneously. They're just living in different, they're living in different realities. They're living in different realities. It's like reality stacked on top of reality. Which we may get into this a little bit later on Creature Feature, but which that kind of gives me a theory for shadow people and glimmer men and mirrored men and all that too as well but that yeah, that could bring me down a whole rabbit hole into another theory i could make up well not make up but just put together i would say rather than make up but i am very good at putting together theories based on things my guests tell me but <laughs> but i it makes sense i mean i honestly like the analogy of it being like a radio station type thing because people say that aliens and bigfoot are extra dimensional as well so that would actually might actually all all play together in a way. 
Right. Yeah, I don't know. There have been some really weird, like, sightings lately. Like, uh, did you see that one? It was like, uh, I don't know. I was on TikTok and I saw this weird, like, golem looking creature. Did you see that? It was like weird little guy in South America with weird face and weird hands. I have. I don't think I've seen that exact video you're talking about, but I have seen similar videos in the past. And I think, yeah, I think they're called Dwindies. I could be wrong. I that that sounds very familiar. So I think you're right, actually, because that name sounds very familiar. I never would have came up with it on my own, but I think it. it I have heard that name before, like Dwindy. Wow. Oh, Dwindy. call yeah. it a Dwendy. D u n d e a Dwendy. It's like kind of like a little goblin kind of thing. Kind of like what we have up here in Massachusetts in the Bridgewater Triangle, the um, Puckwudgies. Puckwudgies. But Puckwudgies are supposed to look like little Ewoks. Hmm. Just to bring it back to Star Wars again, but that is what they're supposed to look like. Weird. And, so, and supposedly they talk the same way too, where like it's a or like it's English, but it's very broken English and it's very basic, which makes you think that they may be like an ancient civilization that we thought was killed off or we haven't discovered, but they still survived to some degree. Wow. Crazy. I mean, there's a lot of those. So in the paranormal world that we think we've killed off, but they still survive because humans can try, but they can't kill off everything. That's true. That's what my monsters uh, anthology is all about is actually, there's like a, a couple of stories that are about kind of human encroachment on monster territory. It's, it's pretty. That's a pretty good book, actually. If you're into monsters and uh, what's it called? The, what's it called again for me and for the audience? Oh, it's called Humans Are the Problem: A Monsters Anthology. Ooh, I okay. I I might have to buy that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, actually it's a it's pretty cool. There's some really there's some funny stories. There's some really scary stories, but um, it's all about kind of like it's like it's a monster and horror anthology, but it's told from the perspective of like monsters writing for monsters. I so. like, I like that idea though. That's like, um, underworld in a way where it's vampires and werewolves trying to deal with humans encroaching on like discovering them and everything. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like that philosophy. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting point of view and it, yeah, kind of like Hellboy too, because I just watched that for another podcast month, but uh, so before we move on to creature feature, is there anything else you want to tell the audience about your past or about you? I mean, don't worry about socials. We'll get to that at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, about me, not really. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for people to read our new book and uh, I think it's going to be really fun. Um, I think that people should. Um, oh, I do want to say one more thing about like health, which is what I, what I was talking about, um, which is that. Um, give me one second so I can get my dogs to stop talking. Um, what I think what I want to say was this, that, um, that I think that hell is a perspective and I think that heaven is also a perspective. And if you, um, if you're the kind of person who revels in darkness and it has like, you know, is self-serving and tends to be, um, and finds like lots of, and, and you choose to be selfish and you choose to, um, blame other people for your issues and those kinds of things, then, um, you are putting yourself in the mindset of hell. 
because hell is really lonely. It's really, really lonely. There's, there's no one else except for you. That's all. And then you have to deal with all of the fallout and all of the ramifications and the, um, the consequences of all the times that you were selfish and unkind and, and cruel. And you have to, you have to feel, you have to feel those, those pains that you inflicted on people around you. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a mindset. So you actually, people here, I think on this earth can actually put themselves into hell by choosing to have those kinds of selfish, um, cruel and unkind thoughts. Um, you actually start reaping the benefits of hell while you're here. Um, and which sucks, but the, on the other hand, uh, I think heaven is also attainable here. So like heaven is another mindset. It's a mindset of kindness and forgiveness and love and generosity, um, patience and, and a, a willingness to learn and grow. And those kinds of behaviors and attitudes, they actually give you access to heaven while you are on this earth. So you actually reap the benefits of those while you're here. So when we die, we actually don't make this massive transformation. It's not like you're poof, you're suddenly good or poof, you're suddenly bad. Actually, it's an extension of what you've chosen to, to create for yourself here. That is what happens when we die. We extend that we extend that creation from what we do here into the next world. So what I learned from my experience is that, that you can choose to be selfish and you can choose to court darkness. You can choose to bring darkness to your life and let, let it take you over. Um, or you can choose to bring joy and kindness and generosity into your life and allow that to be a part of who you are and then let heaven take over and be a part of your life. Um, but it's, it's your choice. Everyone gets to choose and every choice that you make chooses either death or it chooses life. It chooses fear or it chooses love. Every single choice that you make chooses one of those things. And so you're responsible. Um, you are actually building your own eternity as we speak. Which is, I, I, I kind of can see the idea behind that, but it's just kind of ironic because it, I just said my guest, my bonus episode that just came out this past Wednesday, the guest was a man who died in the hospital and he, while he was, while he was in a coma basically and dying, he was met by a human-like figure who came through a door and he believes it was God. He just says he just knew. And supposedly God said to him, do you want to stay on earth or do you want to come home? So he, according to him, he was given a choice, which that's why I find it ironic that I've had the, these two episodes are going to be right after each other, basically. So, which I like because everybody wants, I want to hear all the views on this type of stuff I could ever hear. I mean, that's okay. just the way it is because, but belief systems are such a great thing because everybody believes different things and it's just there, there's but there's always the common elements that are that to me that's what's the common elements make it all real because there's so much in common with everything else yeah i think that i think that um that the ability to choose is one of the most um special abilities that we have i actually think that it's the greatest gift that we have here in this level of existence is this ability to choose. I don't think that it's like this everywhere. Um, I think if you've had anybody with a near-death experience, they'll tell you that 
uh, when you're dead and you're having a near-death experience, it is what it is. It's truth. That's it. You just get truth. There's not a lot of, there's no discussion about that. <laughs> but here on this planet, we have this opportunity where we don't have truth and we talk about it all the time. And uh, we get a chance to kind of decide what it is that we want to believe and all of these kind of cool things that we don't get to do anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely interesting. I mean, that kind of lines up with Christianity, what you said in a way too, and a lot of other religions where what you do on earth or in this dimension or in this plane mm-hmm. makes that's what makes the decision of where you go in the afterlife i mean the ancient egyptians believed it the ancient greece believed it to some degree and i mean the norse believed it to some degree as well even though they basically said if you didn't die in battle you're going to hell but yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but it's just interesting very interesting and mm-hmm. i mean i i would not that I want to get a glimpse of hell, but if it does exist to some degree, I would love to know it exists because I don't think I'm going there by any means, even even though people in my family have told me I am because I don't believe. But mm-hmm. I don't think believing in any kind of de- de- deity is what makes us go anywhere. I believe it's just being a good person or being a bad person. Mm-hmm. Which, I like to think I've been a good person, but I'm sure there's people there that disagree with me i'm sure but i'll tell you what even if you don't believe in god he believes in you and that's all that matters yay but uh no i mean i i i I, uh, see that's where it gets hard for me because i believe in i believe in gods i believe in a more not monotheistic but polytheistic type of way because mm-hmm. in my mind there can't be one of anything in this on this world on this universe there can't be one of anything that's just not the way it works but I don't know it's just but yeah, yeah. I, I can't, it's, I a can't. Hard one. it's a hard one I know I, I know it all I know is that uh, that um I am so grateful that I, I'm really, really grateful that I had an upbringing that was religious because um, I really did, I did have some really scary stuff that I've seen and it, it's, it's actually followed me my whole life. So I still have nightmares about the things that I saw when I, when I was in that experience. Um, I, and they, they messed me up. They messed me up every time. Like I have them every month or two months i have a nightmare about it do you have sleep paralysis what that was called paralysis yeah sleep paralysis when you have these nightmares or no no i mean i don't know if i have sleep paralysis but i don't i don't think so i don't i don't feel like i'm trapped or anything all right then yeah of course from 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 everything i heard if you had sleep paralysis you know you had it yeah no i'm not paralyzed no all right all yeah, right. it's just uh, I have nightmares about. Um, yeah, I just have night. I just have nightmares about it. And yeah. what's really terrible is I cannot remember my nightmares. I have no idea what the nightmares are. I just wake I up hate- and that I've had them. I hate that. That's the worst when you can't remember when you have. I I've woken up sweating from some dr- bad dreams that like are trippy as hell, and like you wake up and like five minutes later you're like, what the hell is the dream about? <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, I don't know. I've had some creepy. I've had some creepy <laughs> ones since, since I met my 
then girlfriend, now wife, and I brought, and I brought her kids in my life. I had a lot of bad nightmares when they first came in my life because the whole mm-hmm. aspect of becoming a father and yeah. kind of kind of like having responsibility over another human being's life is a whole trippy experience That's in its own crazy. way. Yeah, my nightmares are really strange because um, I um, uh, <laughs> it sounds really weird. I have these dreams. I know that they are bad. I know they have to do with my experience. Um, I know that I can remember that I can't. So as I'm waking up, I forget. So, you know, like that time when you're like kind of awake and you're kind of asleep. You know that feeling? Yeah, there's a name for it, but I can't think of what it's called at the moment. But no, there's, there's a point a- when like your consciousness wakes up maybe a half a second before your mind actually wakes up. You're like kind of waking up. What happens is as I wake up, the knowledge of my dream disappears in, in the exact opposite direction. So I actually never can remember the dream ever. I don't remember anything about it. All I know is that it's really bad. And yeah. uh, it happens every time. So I actually, there's no, there's no, there's no dream. Does that make sense? Like there's no narrative. All I know yeah. is I have a dream and I can't remember it. It's been like scrubbed from my memory. Like it literally feels like it's been scrubbed from my memory. Like you took one of those like men in black thing and like someone zapped it. Like it's gone. I can't remember it. Yeah. It's just that bad feeling that sticks in the back of your throat. Like, ooh, yeah, that, that it's was terrifying. Bad. Like, it's really, it's really scary, but I can't remember it. All right. Well, with that, I think we shall jump into creature feature because yeah. it is getting late in the East Coast, and I do have to go work tomorrow, which I don't want to, but I have to. Yeah. Hopefully, soon enough, it won't be a weekend thing anymore. So we'll see. Yes. I know that'd be great. <laughs> so, what creature feature is for listeners and for my guests and others who don't know? Basically, I have a list of thirty or so paranormal creatures. We don't go through them all, of course, because then we'd be here all day, but. We go through ones that I pick that are ones we didn't talk about to some degree already. And we just say, we, we talk about what we believe with them. And it's always fun to hear different theories because a listener might hear a new theory they never heard before and they might fall in love with that theory. So, and this first one I already had my mind since about a half hour ago. And since we already talked about different dimensions and planes and frequencies on Earth, where do you think the fae or fairies or elementals, as they're called, mm. play into all this? That's an interesting idea. Um, fairies. I don't know. I Or fae. I like, I like I to call them fae. And, and apparently in the UK, they're called elementals. My guest last week told me. But Interesting. I don't know. I have a really hard time... Um, I have a really hard time believing in fairy. I feel like uh, from my experience, I don't, I have never dealt with anything that was cryptid of of any kind. Like I've never dealt with anything like that. Um, So I don't know. I'd love to believe in fairies, but I don't believe in them. And if I, if I did believe in them, I would say they probably live in a parallel universe. Like they live in a universe that's not in this one, but like probably adjacent. Same thing with like lizard people. I'm guessing that lizard people are real, except that like, I don't think they live in this, on this plane. I think they live on this plane adjacent. I think they're next door. So you don't think they live underground in Los Angeles? 
No, I do not. I do not think that they live here. I think that they visit here, but I don't think they live here. Or in Skateboard Swamp in Louisiana. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, I'll stick with the Fae for now because I'll get into the earth subject in a second. But, I mean, to me, there are so many stories of old and, like, legends of, oh, if you don't want to make the fairies mad, you better leave out a little saucer of milk for them. Like, all the old folklore that leads to, like, there's so much of it in every culture that, and even, like I said before, with the Puckwudgies in the Bridgewater Triangle, I mean, it's believed that they could be a version of the Fae, because when I picture the Fae, I picture, like, the movie Maleficent and her little land of fairies and Fae, where it's all different creatures living together, but they're just not creatures humans would see and not want to kill for some reason, because humans Mm -hmm. are just evil at some point. But... So I have to believe in fate to some degree because I've heard so many stories about them possibly being real and people seeing them and people having interactions with them, which actually you might have a guest coming up who believes they have nests underneath her bed. Yeah, that's awesome. I would love to see that. Yeah, that might be a month or so out. I'm pretty booked up for the next month. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you start getting somewhat semi-popular with a paranormal podcast and you start getting people reaching out to you a lot, but... I love it, and I appreciate everybody who does. But yeah, cool. as far as lizard men go, or reptilians, I may even dare to call them, do you think... Well, let's just jump into this, because it's going to lead to this anyway. What is your idea of aliens? If Are they just another frequency, or is it, are they actually out in our space? That's actually an interesting question, too. I think that if I had to like come up with a theory that I actually believe... I would say they probably are able to to travel within frequencies. That's my guess. They probably can travel. They probably travel through frequencies to get to different reality levels. That's my that's my thought. I don't know. I know that they I know that they exist in this reality, but I also know that they can travel through water and land and air and mountains at the same speed. So they must be bending the reality somehow because they are able to do that. Well, either they learn to jump to light speed and do quick jumps very well, or there is a very popular theory that aliens are from different dimensions and they learn how to jump through dimensions to get places fast. Otherwise, they'd be traveling to Earth for a million years if they're that far away. Because if you can only travel at the speed of light, you're not getting that far. Yeah, it's true. Well, that's the thing that the speed of light is not, that doesn't make sense. Uh, I mean, from our physics standpoint, it doesn't make sense. And it's clear that from some of the recent videos that said that have been released um, by the um, the government and that kind of Pentagon. Pentagon, Yeah, yeah, Pentagon, whatever. um, It's clear that the, the aliens can move through air and, and, sea and rock at the same speed like they they don't have to slow down they don't have to swerve they can just go through it which means that they have to be able to move through the the dimension to be able to do that which would make sense and it would also explain why men in black who so i've heard many many theory that men in black are aliens who are just trying to keep the word about themselves down Mm. so that would explain how they get to some of these alien sightings ufo sighting scenes back in the 50s to 70s so fast back when on earth there was no transportation that can get you 
across states like within minutes. Right. Even, even today, there really isn't unless you have a private jet and you're hopping in it and like gunning it to the next state. But even then, it's just I don't know. The men in black kind of freak me out to some degree because <laughs> as much as I love Big Willie Smith playing Men in Black, I mean, the movies are just a comedy version of it when and oh, is that my buddy Josh who tends to be on Global Strangers a lot? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Men in Black. I don't know if it's the government. Yeah, okay. There you go, Josh. It's the government and aliens. I truly believe that because there are stories of the government talking to aliens since back in the 50s and 40s and there's rumors of it even before that. There's rumors that I mean, if you, if you want to go down a wormhole, we could talk ancient aliens and how they helped ancient civilizations like Egyptians and Aztecs and all that build Machu Picchu, the pyramids, all these structures that no human back then would have been able to figure out how to build. I don't believe they would have been able to. I mean, yeah, they might have had their Einsteins back then in the ancient times, but I truly don't believe that they were able to come up with this back in ancient times when they couldn't figure out how to build houses yet, for God's sake, besides yeah. the mud huts. Yeah, that's true. So, I truly believe aliens have been in contact with the government since, I mean, I love the depiction on South Park of uh, aliens in the Vatican, and that's how they've been keeping in touch with humanity all these years, is by through the Pope in the Vatican. But, <laughs> I do like that idea, and I mean, our religion may, thank you Joshua, I appreciate that, but our religion may be completely all religion on Earth might be based on aliens. It's it's very possible. I don't want to go into it too far. I don't want to offend people who believe in our religious. I don't want to offend them because I don't mm -hmm. offend. I intend to offend or harm anybody with this podcast. But it's just I aliens to me have been ingrained in human culture since we first crawled out of the caves because there are cave paintings of gray faces that they have pictured and found and ancient civilizations only drew on cave walls what they saw from time to time, whether it be a cattle, a tiger, a lion, or apparently a gray, because mm. there are multiple examples of that in different caves, but I don't know. I mean, this is a worm, aliens are wormhole I go down all day, and unfortunately I don't have all day because it's late already, but al aliens are... Mm, so as far as lizard people go, I mean, I believe lizard people or reptilians. I believe in greys. I believe in Nordic aliens that look like, I believe those are what the Norse saw. I mean, the Swedish, the Norwegian, the mm -hmm. all, Finnish. They all saw, I believe, Norse aliens, which look like what we commonly believe Thor and Odin and all those look like, even down to Chris Hemsworth looking like that kind of. I mean... Ooh. I think that's what they saw, and that's why their gods look like that and look like them, and that versus why Egyptian gods were animal-looking, or why As Aztecian gods were the same thing. They were crocodile-looking, or they were panther or jaguar-looking, because there have been ideas that cats are... I actually listened to a podcast this week where they talked about the possibility that cats are alien watchdogs, basically, who come in or, or, or they brought to Earth to watch humans and study them. Mm -hmm. But it's all interesting theories. It really yeah, is. It's true. And I do. Uh, I can't go down this wormhole forever, though. Otherwise, I'll never. Get, I'll never move on. <laughs> <laughs>
I gotta do a special on Alien someday, like a five hour special. But all right. Uh what was the other one? There's yeah. definitely other there's other ones I wanted to talk about. Okay, actually, I said we're gonna go back into this in creature feature earlier, so let's go back into it. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna be honest with you. I am gonna have to go pretty soon. All right. So I'll bring up this one last theory we can talk about for a minute or two, then we'll wrap it up. I'm fine with that. But let's go with what I said earlier about shadow people and mirrored men and different types of ghosts and spirits, whether they be full-bodied apparitions or just white white fog clouds that really can't make a shape yet. Which mm-hmm. I used to have. I used to have a theory that when you when you die, it's like being born again. You go through phases where, when you're a baby spirit, you can only be like white fog or black fog. You can't make a shape yet. Eventually, you become like a older spirit and you can make a shadow person figure because you can make yourself into a human shape but without features and then as you develop into your final form as a spirit you can become a full body apparition of yourself or anybody you want to look like Mm -hmm. that used to be my theory Mm -hmm. but with your different frequency theory of radios and whatnot I believe maybe that's why on different frequencies ghosts look different to different people the same person might see a ghost and say, oh, it looks like my grandmother. And another person in the family might say, might see it and say, that's a shadow person. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, I, I think that the like shadow people are probably people that live um, on a different plane than us, probably, um, probably on a lower frequency than we are. Um, a frequency that doesn't have a physical body, but still has intent. And so I think that they actually break down into a couple different kinds of people. I think that shadow people can be um, the dead that are trapped here uh, because of their own um, choices. Um, a lot of times that will feel a little bit like hell to them. Um, they'll be trapped here and they won't, they won't want to leave or they won't be able to leave. But I think that also shadow people can be demons that literally belong in the lowest form of existence that are trying to attack people who have bodies and take over their um, experience. That's what I think. Interesting. Very interesting. And Josh, yes, I, that's my theory too, is that shut people were human at one point, which honestly, um, Willow's theory makes sense for that too, because if shot people were humans, but then they just, when they passed on, they went down frequencies because they weren't a good person or because they were angry all the time or something like that. That might make you become a shadow person as well because you're just, you become black. You become the human idea of everything that is dark. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. I agree with that a hundred percent, but all right. But since we both got to kind of get going, um, where can they find out about your books and your company and where can they buy your books? Um, you can actually find our, um, books online at weirdlittleworlds.com. Um, and we have a couple books out that we've got, like I said, we have Humans of the Problem, a monster anthology. And then we also have Mother, uh, Tales of Love and Terror, which is coming out in October. So October 1st, but we'll be, you'll be able to pre-order those, um, on the 4th of July. So. And is there still a Kickstarter going for that, I believe, or is that almost over? 
my Kickstarter's done. So if you want to buy one, you can, uh, but we don't have any of the cool packages that you can buy. So uh, I was actually, I was looking at it the other day. I thought I had a few days left, but I, it might've mm -hmm. been the other day it ended, but yeah, it ended a while ago now, but all right, maybe you I just... can still buy one and get cool. You can get a cool book and the book's really great. I may, I may have to, cause I do like, I have been developing a collection of books by authors and by publishers I've interviewed. Cool. So awesome. I don't know if you heard of Brandy Alexander yet, but mm. she just put out her first book. She was my second episode of this podcast. She's put out her first book last year or earlier this year. And mm -hmm. it's basically it's basically about a ma a boy who can see spirits and who can um he he sees his brother because his brother saved his life, but he died in the process. So he can see mm -hmm. his brother's spirit and he can see a couple other spirits that he becomes friends with and he becomes like a he, he helps the Las Vegas Police Department solve crimes with the help of the spirits. And eventually he becomes developed in a war between angels and demons. Oh. It's, it's called Genesis, a paranormal alliance destined to fight the forces of evil. Wow. And she already has the second book written and it's coming out next year possibly. And she already has the third and fourth book started too. So it's an interesting series. I can't wait to have her back on. I can't wait to read the next book because I literally read this whole book because I was so enthralled by the idea. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So everybody should check out Brandy Alexander's books and also check out Willow's Company's books, Weird Little Worlds. I will definitely be checking these out because I love anthologies. I love podcasts like Something Scary where it's just anthologies by different authors and whatnot. So I love that type of stuff. So awesome. check it out. Her, her anthologies may become the next Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. Ooh, but yeah. That would be great. It become it could become the next one, but oh, and Josh agrees apparently. So, <laughs> so thank you, Josh, our number one fan on Global Strangeness, for uh, checking in. We, we did Global Strangeness a little earlier tonight, so you missed that unfortunately. But glad to hear, glad to see us. I know you're okay. But so, any any other socials you want to drop, or is that it? Nope, that's good. You can find us on Twitter at We're Lit Worlds, um, and on Facebook, We're Little Worlds, and yeah. We're on right. Instagram. We're Little Worlds, so you can find I us love, everywhere. I love that name, but oh, and I I will definitely tag you in all the promotion for this episode as well. But awesome. and as you all my guests know, you can find the Paranormal the Normal Facebook group on Facebook, and everything I am involved in is posted on that page. So feel free to join it, and you can see all the podcasts I'm in, Paranormal or not, but which I am on two paranormal podcasts, so that's a lot of paranormal. But, and you can also find me on Twitter and on Instagram as Juggalo Bastard, and I post all these podcasts on there too. So, and that name, that name comes from another podcast, as you all know. Oh, yeah. Well, I thank you, Willow, for being on Paranormal and Normal after all our time zone mix-ups and delays well, I know, and everything else. I I'm so glad we got to do it. Me too. I, I'm very happy to have you on and I'd be also happy to have you on in the future again if you guys have another book coming yeah. out possibly that you want to promote. I'd be glad to do it. So, awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. I would love to come back on. Thank you so much. And all my listeners, this will be dropping on the 3rd of July tomorrow, so have a happy 4th of July. Keep it safe. Blow up some fireworks for me, because I live in the New Hampshire border, but I haven't had time to get any. So blow some, blow some fireworks up for me, and have a safe and good 4th. We thank you, Willow, for coming on once again, and we will see you all. I will be on 
Parapost Network this week with four different interviews as well. So oh. I, I will keep. Yeah, I'm a busy man. I will keep you all busy. I will keep. I'll keep you all busy. I will, but I'll keep you all entertained as well. I will see all my watchers next time. I 